Welcome, nerds and geeks, to another episode of Goblins and Guidance. We are the Goblins here to give you all guidance. I'm Calvin, and joining me are... David. And Andrew, back from the dead, and we set out to answer D&D Reddit's most pressing questions. <laughs> okay, David, what, what do you get when you cross the Goblin stop sign in Immortality? Except beforehand this week, you got an everlasting gobstopper. Hey, oh wait, that's actually good. That's wait, a pretty actually, good one. <laughs> I actually like that one. Hold on. Little really fuck our shit up in here. Thank you, Internet. You gave me a lot of bad things, but some good things. <laughs> that that was <laughs> that actually really joke. good. <laughs> I was really that. I don't want to like look up the joke, but I was like trying to think of like what the fuck it is. I could mm-hmm. not think of shit. <laughs> yeah, I had to look it up again. <laughs> nice, good one. All right. Dang, we have a lot of <clears throat> lot of Calvin questions this week. Actually, yeah. only Calvin questions this only, week. Well, okay, Andrew has a couple questions from his party. I do. Mm-hmm. I you just said get them off of Reddit. I have a I have a player that has asked me some things and I want your input. That would be good. Okay. Do you want to start with your stuff or? Sure. We can start off with one of my players' questions. So, uh, as a reminder, I am currently doing my first ever DM campaign. So mm-hmm. I'm um, receiving questions and, shit. and a lot of the players are new too, which is why I don't know how to answer every single question. Sure. Uh, this, this is this lost point. mine of Fandelver, right? Yep, Lost Man of Fandover, very basic, um, not too much wild going on, but uh, I have a player, I, I'm already doing talkings about my next campaign, which I'm currently homebrewing up, um, and my one of my players for that campaign was thinking about playing a druid, Okay. and, and uh, one of the things he wanted to ask is if it would be possible to craft armor that would go onto his wild shape forms when he becomes them, and that like someone else would put on him after he shapeshifts. Huh? And I thought that would be super cool. And uh, if yeah. as and to my current knowledge, it's not really implemented in the game right now. I think is it? There is yeah, armor you could get armor. for animals. Mm-hmm. Okay, there is. A, what is it? Yeah. Called barding, yeah, B A R D I N G. Okay, so, see. there's like it's, it has its own cost and everything. Yeah, it's four sure. times more expensive than like the type of armor you're trying to copy. So okay. like breastplate barding is sixteen hundred gold pieces, and it's twice uh the weight, so it's forty pounds instead of twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, so you could like get the stuff made up, and like. Have someone. It's gonna be kind of annoying because if you you need someone else to like put it on you, that mm-hmm. takes like ten minutes to dot armor. And yeah, if you're and doing then... encumbrance at all, it's like an yeah. extra forty pounds just to carry yeah. aside from your regular armor. Well, yeah. So like, but you can do it. You could do that, or you could like homebrew some magic armor that shapeshifts with him. Yeah, that could also be doable. I, I, if you do that though, I wouldn't like give it to him immediately. Of course, of course. I also have um, all the types of armor and the cost to make it and and the weights. And I just 
posted that in our group chat. So like, like, uh, splint barding would be eight hundred gold, and a hundred twenty pounds. With a hundred twenty pounds is already um more than encumbrance for like a regular for person, right? Characters that they yeah. have. Yeah. It's based off of your strength, but like even with twenty strength, it's like one twenty is pretty up there. Yeah, and then what are... and then animals would have like their own. How would you calculate? How do you calculate encumbrance? Because how would you do that for an animal? Before? Um, it actually tells you. Um, if you go to a horse, right? Um, it it'll tell you it. It's like it gives you it gives you their strength, and that should also give them your. No, it doesn't. Yeah, so the uh, draft horse uh, has a carry capacity of four hundred, uh, or five hundred forty pounds. Sure. There you go. So like it'll okay. tell you stuff like that when you look up at animal in the uh, yep. player's handbook and stuff. Kind of sure. So this is already a thing in game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's a very annoying way to do it. It's totally something you could do to like homebrew an armor that changes shape so it gives the same effect. Uh but being a little easier. But definitely something I wouldn't give to like Yeah. Uh, like later in the campaign. The their six level or higher. The only thing I'm wondering is how what kind of shop would even be selling these? The no uh, shop. The barding. No, oh, the bardings? The barding, uh, the custom order. Go go to any black like shop that. and like get it you could get it custom ordered. Because, like, they wouldn't have it in stock, but, like... I could make it. You could you could request it, yeah. Well, maybe, like, in a big city, they would have horse armor, but that's about it. Maybe. Yeah, but, like, works. even then, like, medieval... If mm-hmm. we're trying to, like, think of this realistically, mm-hmm. like, swords are, like, super expensive, and no one besides, like, royalty would ever have what actually made. Exactly. So it's not something that, like, blacksmiths would have on hand for like to just yeah. sell most blacksmiths made nails horseshoes and like basic stuff that everyday people can do It'd and like, like weapons and armor were like custom ordered if you wanted like it would have to be like in the capital city and it's like a royal armor or something to have yeah. horse armor sitting around yeah but like even still like most blacksmiths you could custom order shit from yeah and then you like would... say it'll take like a week or two or Something no, make. I feel like it would be a lot longer than a week. It would like probably be Yeah, but we're like, want to make it still, like, <laughs> give it to the party at some point. My my campaign's going to take place over the course of several months, so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they can build us, they could build a fortress in the meantime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's not happening. Aw. You know what to do it, with all that? Uh, Just that they couldn't yeah. in the in the world and story I'm drafting here, but you would need to make one. So like in theory, you would need to make one, make slash buy one for each individual animal you wanted to turn into. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's also... most druids. I feel like only turn into like one or two animals. Most yeah. I was going to say that's not, so, yeah, I was going to say, that's not, I don't that's expect not him to deal. turn. I don't expect him to turn into like every, I, every animal he could, he wanted to, but I, uh-huh. uh, yeah, just, for like future reference, you would need a different one for each animal. And how long? Yeah. Since okay, so this counts as normal armor, right? So it still takes like fifteen minutes to take on and then take off. Yeah, like ten minutes, I think. Ten, 10 minutes is the time it takes. Okay. 
or barding. Wait, let me double check that real quick. Heavy heavy armor is ten minutes to doth and like fifteen minutes to dawn, I think. But it's it's increased if you don't have someone helping you. I I need to check actually. Ah, making us Google stuff. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I see here. Um. Okay. Uh, light armor is a minute to dawn and doth. Medium is five minutes to dawn, minute to doth. Heavy is ten, ten on, five off, and a shield is an action on and off. Okay. So, druids can do. Can druids even use heavy armor? Because isn't all almost all heavy armor metal, or is it not? Yes, yeah. druids. Is the druid metal thing like an urban myth, or is it like a rule? Uh. I'm 90% sure it's a rule. It was a, it's definitely a rule in, in uh, early editions. And I'm pretty sure it's a thing now. If it's not, it's just how people... No, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah it is. It's straight up a rule, I'm pretty uh, sure. Yeah, it, when you look up druids and see their proficiency, yeah. so druids will not wear armor or use shields made of metal. Yep. Okay. But is that well, a voluntary thing? They're proficient a... with medium armor. That, that it's a druid thing. You, you physically cannot do it. Okay, because I'm reading online that, like, you can, but they're not supposed to. Sort of like how, like, a Jewish person could, in theory, eat pork, but you can't. Like, you shouldn't. I guess. Yeah. I guess totally. like, technically, they are proficient with media barber. If you want to look at it that way. Stuff. Like, it's like a taboo. It's like, if you threw a metal shield at a druid, it wouldn't, like, burn his skin. No. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be funny if it did though. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Uh, what was your party's other question? Hold on. Something came to mind. Oh yeah, okay. So so for the armor it um when you put on the armor with on an animal, it would it just straight it straight up just replaces whatever the animal's AC was. Right? Yeah. Yes. Well, like okay. in a lot of cases, it probably wouldn't actually help him that much. Yeah, cause, no, because the example he brought up was Direwolf, which has a natural armor fourteen. Uh huh. And that—that's just like that's basically like just that's, straight up his hi like... the hide or something. Well, hmm. No, even if like you... it, as I in like his hide is fourteen. You see him two plus two decks. But, like, yeah. You wouldn't add your AC on. It would just replace it. Yeah. Yeah, it would replace it, right? Okay, I just want to make That's, sure. Even mind, AC isn't just, like, getting hit. It's, like, your ability to dodge also. Yeah. Which means, so like... In most of these circumstances, it wouldn't really help him. Maybe... Yeah. If, oh, maybe if I made a homebrew item for armor that shape shifted around him, instead of, like, replacing the AC, I give it, like... Act like a yeah. shield, so it's, like, a plus two or something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it also depends on how much he wants to, how many points he's able to slap on the decks, since most of the armor yeah. that he would put on would be a leather armor, so it's like, what is it, like yeah. 15 plus decks per studded? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so yeah, studded I, I thought is it was like really interesting. plus decks, I think. Yeah, okay. I just thought it was interesting, because I... I haven't played Druid, and I've never seen animal use, and I haven't really seen animals used in combat that much yet. So I didn't yeah. know if if animal if 
armor on animals was even a thing that was established before. So no, it, it is a thing. There are some like monsters in the bestiary with armor, like mm-hmm, on, mm-hmm. like there's armored bears. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I want to look that up. But also, barding does give you like stats for animals, so you would just use that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's an armored saber-toothed tiger. <laughs> a weird specific thing. Yes. It has half plate armor with an AC of 17. So, yeah. Huh. Yes. Anyways, uh, what was your next question? You said you had two from your party? Oh, wait. Uh, he asked, yeah. so... <laughs> you guys know... Um, the wolf party member in Tales of Vesperia? No. No. Okay, you know the legendary Pokemon of Pokemon Sword? No. Yes. Okay, so it's a, so it's a wolf with a sword that it uh-huh. swings in its mouth. And yes. he wanted to do uh-huh. that. Oh. No, would yeah, you, you can do that, right? No, but what I'm, what I'm asking is, would you rule it as a normal, like, oh, he's just picking it up and then he swings it? Or would, or would there be something, some other catch attached to it? He's doing this with his mouth? Yes. I would definitely do this at least at disadvantage. I, what I would do is if he's shapeshifted, get rid of his proficiency. Mm. Right? It's not a disadvantage because, like, you know, there's nothing blocking him because, like, he can still pick it up with his mouth like normal. But he doesn't. <laughs> Wait, I'm he sorry. You said pick it up like normal? Well, how else is a. Okay, think about how a wolf picks up a bone, right? Like, that's the same thing. Huh? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, wolves pick up stuff with their mouths, like normal. Sure, but this swords are a lot fucking heavier than a bone. Uh, and that's also, like, a lot big. of weight to one side. Right. Like, it's that's lopsided. He, you gotta, like, not... trade to use it. You think yeah. Zoro just shoved a sword in his mouth and he's like, okay, let's do this three-sword style. He trained, motherfucker. One, Can I don't know who time. Zoro is. Two, Zoro from One, one piece? piece. Oh my goodness, One Piece! Can we get much higher? <laughs> Oh, it's that guy. And also, uh, that's why he wouldn't be proficient in it, right? Like, you need to train with it to hold it in your sure, mouth. Yeah, but I like, even just the act of holding it in your mouth is super difficult, which is why I would do disadvantage. See, that's what I, that's what I was thinking of first. Just because, like, it's a fucking sword. Especially with, like, it's, it already has, a, like, a wolf fight Like, he doesn't need to be doing the sword thing. So, the way we calculate the moment of inertia of a <laughs> solid rod, right? And you need to use parallel axis theorem because he's swinging it uh, not perfectly at the center of mass. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, I, I'm, just now the remind, I'm just now oh, reminded. To... I'm just now reminded that swords are made of metal and he's a yeah. druid. Oh, so that right. so that so, so that wouldn't work anyways. This whole thing is stupid anyways. <laughs> and that didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> I mean you can still do it. Using like... a bow and arrow. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop it. Okay, no, you could use a spear. You could use a club. Uh yeah, spear, I guess. Sickle sickles are te- they're proficient with sickle- sickles are made with metal. Oh no. Oh, it's only armor and shields. Never mind. Weapons are fine. Really? Oh, it's okay. So he so he could do it with a scimitar. Yeah, a scimitar. Do not say scimitar. The C is skim milk. 
No, oh fuck, that's a new homebrew weapon. Skimitar, it's a milk-based <laughs> sword. Milk-based sword. Uh, okay. Just double damage okay. if they're lactose intolerant. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. We so... need proper representation in D&D. I want to see allergies in here. Oh my oh, god. I will be including that. Like, <laughs> if, you roll, if you roll... I'm gonna have everyone do a constitution check at the beginning of the campaign. Okay? If you roll under a if you roll under a three, you're Andrew. You're allergic to eggs, peanuts, and seafood. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad I'm glad you're basing yes. your rulings off of me specifically. No, it could have been worse. No. That one is my friend Jolie. She's uh allergic to literally everything. Uh I don't know how she's alive. Well, I got morbid. Yeah, uh, no, like it's it's like deadly allergic to most food. Oh yeah, I think you told us about her. I probably Doesn't she have like bring her own. Food? Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, she's a, we like no one could cook for her because like utensils and pots and everything they're all infected. There's no amount of cleaning that could like not accidentally kill her. Yeah, Wait, are you that's that sensitive? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. And it's still like flour or something, right? To a lot of shit. Okay. Uh, milk is especially bad for her. So like, the skin you know the... would, would do a lot of damage. Do the like quadruple damage at least. <clears throat> okay. You know how like kids, when you're like doctors will like put a little bit of like milk and something on your skin to see how it reacts when they're testing for allergies? Right. Her reaction to milk was so bad that it screwed up all of the other tests and they had to redo it. Oh. oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but if you're playing Paladin, you get divine health and it gets rid of all your allergies. <laughs> so Andrew, you better start praying. <laughs> Alright. Hey, right, let's move on to some of our uh Reddit questions. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love Reddit. Reddit. This oh my first god, guys. Here is uh from Relation Shark. I only romance my girlfriend in D D. Is that what? a problem? <laughs> as as the title says, but to clarify, I mean my girlfriend is the only player who NPC romance. In our campaign of three years, which I DM, we have seven players, one of which is my girlfriend. Okay. I've only really presented romance scenarios to one player, my girlfriend, pretty much at her at her request. At a game request. Uh, she's had two passing flings and one settled partner in-game. The game is serious in theme and emotionally invested. No other players experience issue with this, but another girl in the game has implied she would like the opportunity. I don't give her any bias or benefits, and I try to work with all my players on their character goals and intentions, but I'm looking for opinions on if you guys think this is okay. What are your thoughts? I think romancing and D&D is totally fine as long as you're not restricting it unfairly yeah it seems kind of weird to restrict it to one player uh this is something you should have talked about in like session one though that's in jail because like at, at my table i don't plan on romanticizing with any of my players oh, partially because we're all dudes no. oh, God, uh, why <laughs> it, please david you're the one whose character is always rejecting mine that's true. Yeah, that's because you're like really weird. <laughs> like, it's also true. 
Like, I don't know what you expect when you're like a fairy. It's fine. I'm like, P- it's fine. Five Penny times your up. size. Penny, Penny ended up with Romalia, so we're good. I'll come around eventually. Yeah. Oh, wait, really? That's what he said. That's what he said. Okay. He said while I was gone, uh, it's because Peony and Romalia were finding a pastor to get married, so it's canon. What? There we go. Oh, by the way, I am definitely going to be that pastor who marries people. So, <laughs> hey, Calvin, if, yeah. if you don't have romance in your campaign, I will have nothing to do. <laughs> your paladin's arc is going to be becoming a pastor. Yeah, I'm going to take <laughs> I'm going to take um ceremony as one of my first spells. <laughs> I'm going to be. Uh, I still don't understand why that's an actual spell. Dude, that's, that's awesome. So that's, that's awesome. Ceremony so is so weird. <laughs> yeah, and apparently you only get the buffs for like one week. Yeah, oh, yeah, for, yeah, yeah. You only get it for one week. You had to get yeah. it for one week, then you get divorced, so you could get remarried and re get the buffs. No, you can't do that. You could, it only breaks uh, through death. So, oh, which means you gotta, kill which means you gotta spouse. kill your spouse and find a new one. Yeah, ligamy. <laughs> no, we should just like make it so that lasts your entire life. And that no, would... it's so broken. Yeah, it would be. Wait, what is it? It's like advantage on every roll. Uh, I don't. I don't think so. It depends on what ceremony is. It is right. Well, we're talking about wedding, ceremony. right? Okay, wedding. Yeah. You touch adult humanoids willing to be bonded together in marriage. For the next seven days, each target gets a plus two to AC when they're within thirty feet. A creature can benefit from this right again only if widowed. Mm. Two AC. I think that's fine. Yeah. Plus two to AC for honestly, eternity, though. Like. Yeah. Honestly. Fucking I've, broken. I, that's a I'd permanent shield. I'm, I'd be fine with that. Oh, they do okay. have to be within 30 feet of each other. So, like, Honestly, it can't I'd be, be fine with that. What if you so it off of your AC gets higher, the, the more healthy your relationship is. <laughs> so, if you have a really toxic marriage, you like see each other and you like hate each other, and it's like negative one AC. Yeah, at least. <laughs> That'd be really funny. That would be great. You can make it so it punishes divorce. So. <laughs> This sounds like a really bad anime. This is awful, yeah. Okay, we're doing this, it. This oh, fuck. Great. This sounds great. Dude, we're doing a We'll lot. do it in your campaign, not mine. <laughs> we're doing a lot of stuff, apparently. <laughs> Blind? Okay. Yeah, we're doing it in my campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think I'm going to have mine set in, like, an Asian type thing. I call like, it. Oh, we're, you're, we're changing it? Okay. Yeah, because we're obviously we can't do the parallel campaign. Uh, yeah. It'll it'll still be set in the same universe. Like if you right. take a okay. ship and a three month vacation. This is fine. I'll, I'll, this means I can play around with the Black Knight without your uh, uh, you the your Black campaign Knight, with it. like from Monty Python and the Holy Grail. No guy, very different one. Oh, he Black is. Knight he has no from lives. Fire Emblem Path of Radiance and Radiant Dawn. The Black Knight, like oh, no, the Dark Knight no. coaster and Six Flags Great America. Okay, we're gonna let's move on. What's David? What's our next question? Oh, I went on a very long trip to get there. I do not live by there at all. <laughs> great way to hide that, dude. I go to Iowa State University. Remember. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, uh, mean, I mean, University of Iowa. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, that was so good. 
How how do you feel about a quest that revolves <clears throat> around another player's backstory? By user u slash solo kip. For example, retrieving the sacred axe from the fighter's backstory or helping the barbarian get revenge on the bandits that destroyed their town. Dude, well, according sick. to the poll in this Reddit post, sounds good to me. That sounds perfect. That's great. That's not. Yeah. So, so this is a Reddit poll. The four uh, responses are sounds good. Sure, as long as I get a personal quest too. I prefer quests that are agnostic or unsure slash don't mind. Uh, I'm personally okay with this. Mean like you don't have a religion. Uh, it, it's mostly like unattached, I guess. Oh, I That's see. Not I see. what they're meaning. Character specific backstories are fire. I see nothing wrong with it if you're able yeah, to work them in. I um, the challenge... I'm cool with it. I just want like everyone to have one. Then. Yeah, of course. No, yeah, of course. Like, I wouldn't make it the main quest. I feel like we, I've talked about this before. I would make it like those are like side quests that you go on eventually. Oh, sure. It'd be really cool if it was like a side quest, and then the actual character like gets some cool magic items, and then you do that for everyone, and they all have like their own special item. Oh yeah, of course. That's not, no character specific quests are great. Yeah, right. if you're able to work that in. I mean, it, it also kind of relies on you having players that give enough for you to work with in their backstory. Yeah, that's true. This is why, like, I talk with all my players and like work mm-hmm. through their backstories together to like flesh it out. Because there's yeah. there's definitely like players you'll find that give you that ten page book about your character and then there's the others that'll say like two lines of like orphan parents are dead rogue let's do this oh I wonder oh, yes. who that is <laughs> Jeez. what was he doing last week <laughs> oh what do you mean <laughs> don't worry after he died he came back he had an actual backstory he had an actual backstory we, we talked about that last episode we did talk a little about bit. that he uh, I hope he's not listening Actually, he's going to be listening. listening. We need viewers. We do. <laughs> we should bully our week. players. We should bully all our players into listening. We should bully all our players into becoming yeah. special guests. <laughs> you know, if you watch our podcast, I'll give you. you guys a free uh, point of inspiration. Are you going to say Prius? What? I said inspiration. I, oh, I thought you were gonna say Prius. I don't know. Why would I say Prius? I'm not rich, David. Oh, what are you talking about? Darn. I don't have a Prius. I want a Prius. Why? I don't. I don't even know what Prius is, honestly. What? <laughs> Wait, let me look it up. Okay, Toyota Prius, right? Yeah. It's only a 5.5 out of 10 on a car and driver. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what was the question? Oh, how do you feel? Yeah. <laughs> Players' backstories. Yeah, cool. Uh-huh. No, yeah. Th- that's that's great. I've I've been able to work in my... Funny enough, for Lost Man Fan Dollar, like, even though a lot of them are, like, first-time players, like, I managed to work in their backstories in some way into the campaign. Nice. Uh, even if it that's wasn't, like, a whole... Jules, even, if, even if it wasn't, like, a full cyclist, I still worked them in, and actually, they all... They're responding good to it. They're having fun. Yeah. That's good. As long as your players and you are having fun, then it's cool. Yeah. Okay. All righty. Next question. From Masterpiece666. (laughs) 
Is it okay to be ready to murder a party member? Oh, of course. <laughs> Anytime. I'll, I'll make this short. In my party, all the characters have thick distrust of each other. That's already a problem. Oh, you shouldn't wonderful. be a party if you all hate each other. Uh, I'm the no, only I'm remaining not. wildfire druid in all of Sunder, as far as I know. My character, Melina. Ma- Malina? Malina? Melina? 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 These names are weird, man. I they don't know. Melina from Elden Ring? Oh, Melina, Elden Ring from is, Elden Ring. is already highly sensitive due to her past. The current party is, from my character's perspective, a halfling monk who was always just kind of there seems to be supportive, even if he doesn't understand what he's fighting for. Uh, Sloan, the former thug, now my character's sidekick slash love interest. Uh, See how that would add to the story, Calvin? (laughs) Yeah, Calvin. If you want to do PC on PC uh, romance, I'm cool with that. Just hear hear that, Andrew? Wait, you're you're playing a maid. Yeah, and yeah. okay, okay, maybe my also like I think she's like half your age and oh. underage. Oh, yeah, <laughs> well, I didn't know that. Next, two new guys who were with the party when I found them. Uh, my character got separated from the party for a few days. Uh, an ASMR fighter with weird ghost powers and an Wait, what? animal? That's a sorcerer? Yeah, Melina doesn't trust these two in the slightest. And finally, the problem player, Shadow Raven. His name is already a red flag. That sounds great. I don't know what to mean, dude. <laughs> He's Shadow murdered Raven? a man and crucified him. Oh, it's that... a Shadow Kai covered in bones. Betrayed me once, ate a Wendigo heart, and became a Wendigo. Dude! And has some twisted morals. Shadow is the one I'm ready to kill. I'm not planning on murder, but my character and me are 100% ready to end him if if we need. It wouldn't even be hard. (laughs) I just want to know if I'm being a bad player or if I'm justified. Also, the DM and I have talked, and he's planning on being more strict on Shadow. He's pulled a ton of shit. That I put up with for the sake of being decent. Dude, he's so metal. Shadow Raven he's is like, so such metal. an edgy ass character, and I'm surprised. I'd be surprised if you weren't ready to kill this guy. He's so metal, though. He's a but yes. easy like, to kill each other, though. Yeah, no. <laughs> I think it's Honestly, funny that no, they said it wouldn't honest, even be hard. It wouldn't even be hard. No, but here's the thing. I mean, I feel like if uh, player characters are in conflict with each other, I think that just breeds good, good roleplay moments and a mm-hmm. possibility for like a good arc and a good mini story. Yeah. If you kill him, he can make a less edgy character. <laughs> right. I personally, I don't like um, when there's evil characters in a party, especially when you're trying to be heroes and stuff. Like, I don't know. It it, it feels. I'm not. I'm just not a fan of in party fighting, but I do justify like being ready to kill a guy that's called Shadow Raven. Yeah, the fucking Dude. name, man. Shadow Raven is so Shadow metal. Raven. He's Ugh. so metal, though. It's almost as bad as Rex's Log Dagger. 
Okay, he wasn't an orphan, bro. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. Sorry, I like right. we're bashing it, Alec. Now, yeah. Oh no, uh, Alec. Anyway, no. anyway, <laughs> I'm a huge fan of like morally gray, um, campaigns, and so if you if you kill him, like, it, it would be okay yeah. for me. That'd be cool. Yeah. Again, yeah. I mean, like conflict between party members sounds like good role play, too, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't outright attack well. him unless he does something that you can't forgive. You know, yeah, I would make killing him in character. Yeah, but you can still do it. I I don't think yeah. it's bad to just be ready for it. No, yeah, in my campaign, uh, two of my players wanted to kill another one because of backstory, and it was actually <laughs> really fun. It was really funny. Yeah, it was really good. Okay. Do you want me to explain this? Sure, go for it. Okay, so one of okay, so two of my characters are playing auto gnomes, which is um uh-huh. the race. You guys know the race? It, it's they're basically a, yeah. My they're basically making, autons. They're basically yeah. Autons. My, my newest character is an artificer auto gnome. Nice. <clears throat> so they're both auto gnomes. Cool. They were made by this guy, um. This one, this gnome, like a hermit named, I haven't named him yet, but uh, the family name is Piggledy because the Higgledy. other players, because the third player's name is Higgledy Piggledy, right? Yeah. His dad is the one who invented the two auto gnomes. Uh-huh. And Higgledy Piggledy in his youth was digging around the factory and blew it up. Oh, fuck. And the two auto gnomes don't know, didn't, didn't know it was him. But then they encountered the Nothic in the Red Brand hideout. And the Nothic has this funny ability called a weird insight, which basically allows it to, if it beats, if its insight roll beats a play, me beats its target's deception roll, it can uh, re- magically learn about its deep secret. Oh, wow. And so I had it use weird insight on Higgledy Piggledy and it won. So it learned that Higgledy Piggledy blew up the factory. And then huh. and it was perfect because the Nothic as a like just as a race, it's able to um like it doesn't speak with its mouth really. It speaks in like it speaks into the minds of the people it's talking to in whispers and like crazy talk and stuff. So in the dark, it was just chilling behind a boulder, and then the party walks into the cavern. He uses weird insight on Higgledy Piggledy, learns the secret, and then reveals it to everyone. And then the two autonomes are just like, Hey, buddy! I'm gonna fucking kill you! <laughs> and it was so good, and it was so funny, and it was fun. One of the other players literally kept, like, as they were fighting, one of the other players kept looking at me like, Are you gonna stop this? Are you gonna stop this? <laughs> no. And I'm like, no, uh, I, like, have, I, have, I have no way to. No, like, even, yeah, even all you want. do there is you step back, say, I, I don't condone PC fighting. And then you, I, you don't stop it, though. Except I do condone I, PC fighting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, the point is you step back. And then just let yep. it happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, think I mean, even, really even like even in universe. There's no reason. There's no good reason I could give if I wanted to stop them. So yeah. like, 
Yeah. I can't. I, I just can't stop them. So they're gonna find yeah. it out. Yes. So yeah, that was great. That was good. All right. What's next? Uh, okay. Can you be suffocated during a sleep slash long rest? Controversy at the table. Okay. Day one of our uh, this is by you slash Ninja Land X. Uh, day one of our adventure, we are all level 10, party 5. Our party is on a clear road in a jungle environment. It's getting late. We stop for the night. Our wizard set up Leomon's tiny hut, like a dorm force field. A dome force field. Most of us go to sleep. Our vampire character goes up into a tree and perches on to stay watch over the night since he has dark vision. The DM calls for our vampire to roll a perception check. He rolls low. He then says that after about six hours, we started to run out of air because the vines have grown over our whole Leomon's tiny hut. So now the hut is gone now, and the vines have covered the area, and we're lo lost all our air. Uh, the our party chops the vines till our wizard lights it up with fireball. Ha! <laughs> okay, and then the the DM informs us that My we didn't get eight hours of sleep and ran out of air. Therefore, should all get one point of exhaustion. <clears throat> I'm a new DM in a new game. It's a new DM and a new game. We were wondering if things were working right, so we looked up the man's tiny hut. Can't be destroyed and has air. Then we were wondering about a perception check. Why didn't the vampire just be able to see everything with his eyes and warn us? Also, why didn't we wake up if we were losing air? Come to find out you only need six hours of rest too. Six hours of sleep for a long rest. We brought this all to the DM. He says they did nothing wrong and everything makes sense. We're concerned. Might be like this as we go along. What would you do to help the situation? I struggle to reason with the DM and also feel optimistic about the game. Uh, struggle to reason with the DM and also to feel optimistic about the game situation. Let's just effort to smooth things over. I will ask, can we at least try to roll the dice for the exhaustion or long rest? Any advice I can get out of here? Is this a normally indie thing? Okay. Okay. Let's uh, break this down first. Uh, I'm going to specifically look at what like they brought to the DM. So, uh, let's start with Tiny Hut. Okay. Leo Mun's tiny hut. Yep. It is a super powerful third level evocation spell. Uh, it lasts eight hours. It doesn't require concentration. It doesn't have as a material of a small crystal bead, but nothing like with a cost. Um, and what it does is a ten foot radius immobile dome of force springs into existence around and above you. It remains stationary for the duration. The spell ends if you leave this area. Nine creatures of medium size or smaller can fit inside the dome with you. The spell fails if its area includes a larger creature or more than nine creatures. Creatures and objects within the dome when you cast the spell can move through it freely. All of the creatures and objects are barred from passing through it. Spells and other magical effects can't extend through the dome or be cast through it. The atmosphere inside the space is comfortable and dry regardless of the weather outside. Until the spell ends, you can command the interior to become dimly lit or dark. The dome is opaque from the outside of any color you choose, but it is transparent from the inside. Okay, uh, so, so there is no reason for the dome to be destroyed unless it was like dispel magic on it or something. Right. Well, would dispel magic work on it? Yeah, dispel magic uh, would work on it. Spells and other magical effects can't extend through the dome or be cast. Okay, so it can you can cast it on the dome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but like we, 
in the story, they never said there was a, another like wizard or something that does that. Yeah. So there's no reason that this dome should have broken at all in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, how the fuck do vines black out air in a 20 foot room? That's what it's a 10 foot radius, about. so it's a 20 by 20 like foot room. Yeah, that's what I'm confused about. That's that takes fucking forever for um, a fire to burn up all the oxygen, much less blo- vines just blocking it. Yeah, like, it's no, they're fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, they're the perfectly fine. Never mind. The way I would have done it uh, if I wanted these vines to suffocate them is that the vines were already in there when the dome was cast, trapping the vines inside. The vines instead of like covering the area, which is stupid. And- I don't know. There's so many things wrong with this. Uh, but first, the yeah. vines would like crawl up to each person and suffocate them. Yeah, you know. I uh, think this was a DM mistake. This was a, totally a DM mistake. Uh, the no fucking clue why the vi- vampire couldn't see this shit. Like that's not a perception roll. If it's crawling and like climbing above the dome and stuff, that's just passive perception, my dude. Yeah, that's just him true. noticing shit. Yeah. And yeah. also, okay, one thing that was interesting. Uh, your wizard lights up the vines with fireball. Yep. I I, fireball. We love that fireball. That would have hit everyone inside the dome. Yeah, our, we're, I was going to say, weren't you guys like inside the vines? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, well, you guys shouldn't have had to deal with it in the first place. But, mm-hmm. but like, I always find it funny when people cast fireball at close range. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, why would you not? Why would you not? Oh, you're right. You're right. You should do that in our next campaign, Andrew. I'm a fighter. I can't cast fire. Ah, uh, well, feels bad, huh? <laughs> right. Uh, and then also the rules with long rest. A long rest is a period of extended downtime, at least eight hours long, during which character sleeps or performs light activity, reading, talking, eating, or standing watch for no more than two hours. If the rest is interrupted by a period of strenuous activity, at least one hour of walking, fighting, casting spells, or similar adventuring activity, the characters must begin the rest again to get any benefit from it. Uh, so they only need six hours of sleep, which they got. I doubt the fight with the vines took an hour, so they could have gone back to the log rest and just did the light strenuous activity for two hours and got the full benefits of the log rest. Yeah. If you go a night without sleeping, that that counts as exhaustion, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exhaustion rules are kind of iffy. It's up. To, it's kind of up to the DM. The way I run exhaustion is that, uh, if you don't get like a good night's sleep, um, I'm kind of strict about this too because I'm like, if you don't have a bedroll or something, then like you're just sleeping on the bumpy ass ground, then that's not a good night's sleep. But mm. um you roll a con check in the morning and if you fail that you get a level of exhaustion but if you pass it you're fine okay though the dc for that does increase for like each day you don't get a good night's rest so if you go like seven nights without like a good night's rest of in a bed roll or a bed or something uh or seven days without eating or drinking then it's gonna get harder and harder to uh succeed that con save so eventually you will you will get exhaustion. I think it's like five or six levels of exhaustion and you die. So Yeah. 
that's just a weird ass fucking scenario in the first place. I don't even want to think about it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Honestly, honestly. Okay. Anyway, DM DM goofed up. DM goofed up. That's a DM goof up. Okay. Next question. <laughs> uh, this one's more lighthearted. This is brought to us by Splash Turnip thirty eight twenty. What would you rather have? A DM PC in the party or a chaotic evil PC in the party? What is a DMP? Define DMPC. Uh it's yeah, a, a PC character played by the DM. Oh, okay. Which is not in my opinion, I don't think I don't see it as, as a bad thing. There are a lot of people who despise DMPCs. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think it's great if they're uh, especially the party is only is very small. Like there's a lot of Reddit stories about two PC parties, so the DM will make a PC character to play with them, just so they don't die immediately. That sounds like the DM making an NPC, but with extra steps. Yeah, yes. yeah, yes. Like, uh, it 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 gets a problem if the DM is stealing the spotlight from the actual players for the DMPC. Or if they're handing them all the tips and tricks. Yeah. Like, uh, mm-hmm. if I, when I play a DMPC, because I've done it before, I did it with, um, what's this, o- Oceanus, when we did our um, Ghosts of Saltmarsh. I guess I, I kind of played him as a DMPC. But I kept him as a, like, a sidekick type character so that the party actually, like, got to shine and stuff and it didn't think I didn't really put much focus on Oceanus. I forgot he was there sometimes. We did. I I did honestly forget he was there. Yeah, and then you would always be like, oh yeah, he stayed on the boat. <laughs> no, that, for the stealth mission, I did specifically put him on the boat. Okay. Because <laughs> he's not a sneaky boy. Mm-hmm. Well, neither was I, but uh, neither were you, but you were a PC. Most you can't the party. not Most... do the mission. Yeah. I like forcing my way through things, which, uh, you guys almost died. Yeah, I think, <laughs> oh, I'm actually running a campaign. I'm going to start it like yeah. in the next two, three weeks. I'm going to try doing nice. Strum King's Thunder. Okay. And, um, I, someone's going to die. Strum King's Thunder. It's a uh, set in, set in Greyhawk. No, not Greyhawk. Set in, um, <laughs> Forgotten Realms. Is that Greyhawk? Okay. Yeah, it's no Forgotten Realms. Okay, Sword Coast, <laughs> same same thing as mine's a Fendelver, except North. Yeah, so Fendelver is is uh, Forgotten Realms. Saltmarsh was Greyhawk. Greyhawk. Yeah. So this is a uh, Forgotten Realms, and <clears throat> Storm King's Thunder. It's like giants. Yeah, it's so, a, yeah. it's another. Um, I think they made like a new uh, D D starter kit with Storm. I think right. Yeah, there's a it's pretty pretty long, but um should be fun. Yeah. That yeah. works out for you. I'm still trying to get a party grouped up together mm-hmm. down here. It's uh, my party is annoying. all Warren kids. Yeah. So what? As all Warren kids. Because there's oh, are you serious? Yeah, there's a shit ton of you guys. Oh uh, Warren kids as in No one's gonna know in, what Warren kids no mean, David. Warren. You don't have to hide it up. No, 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 no. no. It's from the town Warren, Iowa. 
you're really digging into this Iowa thing. I'm from Iowa. What can I say? I love Iowa. I love corn. There's a lot of Asian kids in Iowa. Yeah, go. Hey, who said I'm Asian? I'm. I think the fact that your last name is Zhang already gave that away. What did we say? Didn't know that. You're not supposed to say that. that. It's on our. It's on our channel. Wait, shoot, really? Yeah, they know all of our last names. There is a Warren County, Iowa. Yeah, we're that. We're from Warren County in Iowa. We're from Warren County, (laughs) Iowa, dude. (laughs) I don't know what you're having. Some weird memory problems there, Calvin. Just saying. Come on. (laughs) Don't be such a boomer. Anyway, I'm old. I'm nineteen. Ugh. Well, then why are you having memory problems, huh? Boom, get wrecked. <laughs> this is what happens when you when you're. Statistically, <laughs> I should be dead by now, David. <laughs> Wait, really? Well, if you're going medieval. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, medieval. I was gonna say. I I think the I think the life expectancy in Iowa is higher than nineteen. <laughs> No, I was full of uh, murderers and stuff, don't you know? Yeah, everyone does. Yeah, I would know. I live there. There's all those children of the corn. It's freak. It's creepy, man. Yeah. Iowa. Corn is scary. Corn. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Corn mazes. Where all the best murders happen. I wouldn't know. Ooh, I... This next question is perfect for me. <laughs> all right. Can I, can I introduce this one? Sure. I use slash breaker god tips for playing a low level intelligence character. Just joined the campaign tonight, and my character has six negative two intelligence. Any pointers for role playing? Kronk. Kronk. Just Kronk. You're Kronk. uh, Epper's new groove. Yeah. But that still means you can be wise, right? Yes. You You can be wise. There's a difference between wisdom and intelligence. Yeah, because somehow you lived all the way, like until the campaign. So. Somehow, so, so, you probably can't read, because it's medieval uh-huh. and you have negative two intelligence. I mean, if we're gonna be realistic about it, no one can fucking read. Yeah, but also like, D and D characters are just like better than everyone. I don't even know how to read. Cause like level one, <laughs> yeah, you're right, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, why are you saying it like that? <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> anyway, so so you're so you're like you're crunk, so you can't tell what poisons are. Well, you, no, you, you so you don't know, the, <laughs> so you don't know the different kinds of poisons, right? Yeah. But you know that it is a poison, a poison for Cusco. Okay. Cusco's poison. Cusco's poison. The poison yeah. for Cusco. The Cusco made specifically. <laughs> the poison made specifically for Cusco. Cusco's poison. So you know that it's a poison, but you can't read the labels. Right. So, so. Uh, yeah. there's okay, like poison. there's more examples poison besides Croc. There's a lot of uh dumb characters you could base it off of. You can be Gascon. Gaston. Gaston. I, I I feel like that's not giving Gaston enough credit. He was pretty smart. I mean, like he's a war hero. And an excellent hunter, and uh, he's just extremely egotistical. Is my is I think. Well, no, he picked he picked up like Bell's book and was like, "What is this garbage?" Yeah, he can't read. Also, he well, he, he's, he's not book smart. He's uh, street smart. 
Right, which is what your character Wisdom. can be. Yeah, true. Okay. Um, Any other on. tips? Yeah. Gaston. You don't know anything about history or magic. So, you, <laughs> are you playing a barbarian? It, it really kind of depends on what, what you're playing. Like, you could be stereotypical barbarian or a, a really funny wizard. <laughs> <laughs> or you could be a warlock who's really dumb and just like. Oh, a warlock really who doesn't even realize this. he's like made this pact with the demons. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's amazing. <laughs> that would be a great character. Um, I love that. And in your in your team discussions, you always have a plan, but it's never a good one. You can't come yeah. up with plans. Yep. Well, yeah, you can't come up yeah. with plans that are in any way smart. <laughs> so you can be like, you can say, "Oh, we probably shouldn't rush in because that would be wisdom," but you yep. also can't say. Oh, they have twenty archers, because negative two intelligence means intelligence. counting is very hard. <laughs> I mean, you can only count up to ten. You only get five, ten fingers. Yeah, you only have ten fingers. Um, <laughs> if you That's lose fair. a finger, you can only count up to nine. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> All right. Okay. Our Last question. We're introducing a new segment to the show. Homebrew or homeboo. Uh, this segment where we look at uh, D&D homebrew we find on the internets and we see we just judge if it's good or bad and stuff. Uh, for this one we have a fighter subclass brought to us by Stahl Konig. Koenig? Yeah. Player wants to play this war surgeon fighter subclass. I would like to get your thoughts on it. Uh, if you want to see the homebrew for yourself, I'll put the link up in the description. And but you can also find it on D and D Beyond. Hmm. Yeah, so, okay, so I'm reading through this, right? We're probably not going to read the whole thing, right? Yeah, uh, that's we'll, pretty long. we'll go through. We'll go through like the abilities, like one at a time. Okay. Uh, first description of the war surgeon uses knowledge of medicine to apply debilitating conditions upon enemies and heals allies using a healer's kit and an herbalism kit. Uh, their first ability is a level, their level three feature is called medical knowledge. Uh, starting at third level, you begin to harbor a wellspring of knowledge of anatomy and medicine within yourself. You gain proficiency with the medicine skill, and whenever you stabilize a creature using a healer's kit, that creature also regains one hit point. Uh, because you know how to use your supplies carefully, the healer's kit lasts for 30 uses instead of 10. Uh, additionally, you gain proficiency with the herbalism kit. You can spend two hours making a basic potion of healing or a vial of antioxidant once per day. The amount of potions you may make is equal to half your proficiency bonus rounded down, and they all have the same have to be the same type. To produce these potions, you need 25 gold pieces worth of alchemical components per potion. Your medical knowledge is also represented by your surgical die, which are at D4. You have to, you have a number of these dice equal to twice your proficiency bonus, and they fuel various medical abilities you have, which are detailed below. Some of your abilities expend the surgical die they use as specified in the abilities description, and you can't use an ability if it requires you to use a die when your dice are all expended. 
Uh, you regain all of your expended surgical dice when you finish a long rest. In addition, as a bonus action, you can regain an amount of expended surgical die equal to half your proficiency bonus round and down, but you don't do so again until you finish a short or long rest. Hmm. The size of your surgical die increases at 7th level to a d6, 10th level to a d8, 15th level to d10, 18th level to d12. Uh, there's a bunch of abilities below these. Okay. I, okay, I won't lie. I think the the people can read. But but wait, no, but because they're like <laughs> listening, right? So yeah. like, what if they're in the car? Mm, okay. You know what a podcast is, David, right? Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> this so, is a lot, though, to read. It is a lot. Uh, it, most, it sounds pretty cool and interesting to me uh, of doing this more. I, I like to see a lot of use out of the healer's kit and the herbalism kit because I feel like it doesn't get enough love as like it does now. Yeah, personally, uh, I feel like... Because we got a lot of magic healers of, that we favor instead. Personally, the only sort of tools I've ever used are thieves' tools. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's I've really used, unfortunate because, like, there's so many. I, I've, I've used other tools, but only because I've been playing as an artificer, and that's their whole thing. Yeah, um, yeah. I feel I like, think, like disguise kit too is underused, or yeah, that's true. Or poison. Kit I wanted or... to use it in the last campaign, but I wasn't there for the session. I was able to use it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is a funny thing. Yeah. Hmm. I think my only thing wrong with the first ability with the healer's kit is that it lasts for thirty uses instead of ten. That feels like a pretty big increase. Yeah, I mean, you're not gonna get that much out of, like, a first aid kit. Yeah, even if, like, you know how to use it sparingly, I would only increase it to, like, 15. Yeah. Maybe 20. 15 or 20 like, sounds nice. 30 is a bit much. Like, yeah, tripling the amount of stuff you could do with it seems like a lot. I really like the idea of, like, a combat medic, though. I do. I also, because, like, I eventually want to play a like no to zero magic type campaign, so this would be a great way to balance out uh, losing all those healing opportunities by mm -hmm, getting yeah. a a martial healer. Would it be low magic or like low fantasy? Or would yeah, I guess be, like dragons. And... Okay, okay, I see. Because like I had an idea for a campaign where like it's set in normal world, like it, there's two. Worlds, there's the, the material world. plane where it's all basically normal, and then like a fey wild type world, and like where all magic and monsters are, and it's kind of like something's causing the magic to bleed through a little. So mm -hmm. monsters like appear here and there, and you have to deal with those. But it's not like magic is already available for the players to use and stuff. Okay, we should we should make all our characters our ourselves, but like really buffed up. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That, that's not, that makes sense to me. That sounds good. Okay, let's do it. Oh, okay. Um. So this this medical. Yeah, I I agree with you, what you guys are saying. Mm, surgical die is cool. It's just like another battle master kind of thing. Yeah. It's... Yeah. It's very much like battle master. I'm looking down here. I don't see the section. That says what the surgical dice. Surgical strike. You can use it to add damage. It's right under medical knowledge. Where is it? Right. Okay. Oh, okay. I was looking for like 
I was looking for a list of stuff like the um the fighter the other fighter subclass. I'm blanking on the name. Just said it too. Battlemaster? Like Battlemaster. I was thinking of like they would have some sort of maneuvers that they can no, learn. The, but no, this one that's... doesn't have maneuvers. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. I, I um, was just like there's so much parallel between the surgical day and the um Battlemaster's dice that I like thought it was the same. Uh, okay. Uh one one thing about this class, I'm looking at it, right? It's a D4 as a surgical die, and yeah. so you add that to your damage plus mm. the modifier to your attack, which is, like, not that great. I think you it's because it, like, it grows into, like, a D12 by 18 and stuff. Right, but even... Yeah, it's just it, at least until level 7. Actually, until level 10, honestly. It's kind of just underpowered. I don't think it's like made to be a frontline fighter type person though. No. But so also, like I, I like that. Also anything you do with your healer's kit can be done by another another character. Mm-hmm. Like you you don't Okay, so this is an this is not an overpowered class. I would argue it's underpowered cuz basically every other there's someone on your party who can do your job. Yeah, I think the the main feature that it does for boosting the healer's kit is that uh, if anyone else uses healer's kit, it stabilizes you, but you're still at zero HP. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one brings you back up to one HP. Right. But like, but like, there's so many healing spells that it would have right. to be a low fantasy campaign for this to work. Yeah, for to like for this to actually be beneficial, it has to be low fantasy. Yes. Um, all right, it's like a surgical strike. Uh, so also at their level, using your knowledge of anatomy, you can apply one condition to the target of an armed or what, target of an armed or weapon strike once per turn. When you hit with an attack, you may expend a surgical dice to force the target to make a Constitution save throw. Gets your surgical DC, which is eight plus your wisdom plus your proficiency bonus. Add this the double roll on the surgical die. Plus your wisdom modifier with a minimum of one to the damage of the attack. Um, so okay, it, it's a automatic plus two to your attack, and you're already going to be adding all the other damage you do to it. So it's not too bad. It's a nice little bu- It's a nice little boost to damage, but that's I don't think that's like what they're trying to do. I think the main point of this is those debuffs, because uh, it says here if the target fails to save may apply one of the following effects of the creature until the end of your next turn. Disadvantage on attack rolls or half movement speed. Uh, you gain more options as you gain levels in this subclass. Following options are blinded or deafened at 7th level, poisoned at 10th level, stunned at 15th level, and paralyzed at 18th level. At 10th level, the chosen effect lingers for one minute. The affected creature may make another constitution save against your surgical DC at the end of each of their turns, ending the effect on a successful success. <laughs> successful success. Ending the effect on itself on a success. They may only apply one condition to a creature at a time. That's pretty good if you get that's, to... That's, those are pretty good debuffs. Like, disadvantage on attack rolls for a minute. It's gonna be, like, all of combat. Oh, once you hit 15th and you can just stun. Just stun them. And like paralyzes. Fucking insane. Yeah. 
Poison is kind of iffy because there's a lot of stuff that like, eh, on poison damage. This is but, like very the much... poison effect is also pretty good. This is very much a late game and low fantasy class. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Their seventh level feature is called Battlefield Medic. Uh, at seventh level, you have learned enough of anatomy to aid your allies. As an action, you could use a healer's kit and expend up to an amount of your surgical die equal to half your proficiency bonus to heal yourself or a creature within five feet. Roll all the surgical die expended, then add your wisdom modifier, and the target regains total hit points equal to the total. The wording on this is the, but like that's kind of standard with DD. Once you've expended all of your surgical die, you may not use this feature until you have at least one. Kind of makes sense. Additionally, when you use your second wind ability, you may add one of one roll of your surgical die to the total hit point regained without expending it. Oh, without expending it? Oh wait, that's shit. That's good. Yeah. Well, you only get it once per long rest. Yeah, oh, but still, short rest, short short rest. rest. Mm-hmm. but that's mm-hmm. still a, that's a huge buff to the second wind. Yeah, that's especially at seventh level when it's a D six. Yeah. Okay, that's pretty good. This class scales a lot. It yeah, scales. it's a lot. <laughs> scales, we scale. <laughs> and um, I don't play League of Legends. <laughs> I don't. You guys ruined me. Dude, you're so cracked on Ari. What the heck? You're you're better than me at League. We, I started after you actually, so you can't blame me. (laughs) So that's all, David. I'm blaming David. Yeah. Wait, what did I say? You sucked us into League, which actually I haven't played in a while. I I I didn't. I didn't say I I sucked you guys into it. You also sucked me into uh, Overwatch, but that's. Well, I, I Overwatch didn't, is I didn't do that. Oh my god, Kiriko, dude, Kiriko! Oh my god, Kiriko! <laughs> I, eh, nah, I'm you a and everyone else, Andrew. I'm a Brigida main. Let's go, mace to the face. I, uh, Diva is my favorite character that, from. Pup. That should be the mace women uh, carry around when they go on late night walks. So the spray, it should be a literal mace. I feel like that'd be pretty hard to carry. Nah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. We should make a mace that like extends oh. like that. Overwatch campaign? Overwatch campaign? No. Oh god, no. A league campaign would work a lot better. <laughs> Maybe. No, it would. I think work Alex. Really well. Alex like play Alec, Alec is. Yeah. Yes. Is. League Alec. is definitely like one of the things where it's like it has a pre-built universe that has right the right amount of magic and non-magic. Yeah. Right. So. Okay. All right. Next, Medical Resolve. At 10th level, you have learned enough medicine to stave off disabling effects. You have advantage on saving throws to resist the falling conditions. Blinded, deafened, and poisoned. You also gain resistance to poison damage. Additionally, you can end such effects in allies. Granted, you have a healer's kit. As an action, you may expend one surgical die to remove any and all of the previous conditions from yourself or a creature within 5 feet. At 15th level, you may end the stun condition on a creature within 5 feet, and at 18th level, you may end the paralyzed condition as well. When you gain the ability to end the condition, you also gain advantage in saving throws against it. That's pretty fucking good. I, this is where I... But, okay, resist poison damage and stuff, that's kind of lame. This feels a little overpowered of being 
advantage on stunned and paralyzed. Yeah. But at the same time, level 18 and 19 is when they PCs are at like god level anyways, so yeah. yeah. It's it's like if you think about it in universe, it'd be pretty hard to stun a level 18. And most yeah. campaigns end by like 15 anyways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a too big of a deal. Uh, Bulwark of Medicine is their 15th level feature. Renowned knowledgeable in maintaining the health of you and your allies on a daily basis. Once per long rest, you may use a healer's kit for 10 minutes to examine yourself and a number of creatures equal to your proficiency bonus. At the end of this examination, you grant an amount of temporary hit points equal to your constitution modifier plus wisdom modifier plus one roll of your surgical die. You may expend additional uses of your surgical die to add the number roll to those temporary hit points. While a creature has these temp hit points, they have advantage of constitution saving throws to resist poison damage, uh, the poison condition, and exhaustion. This feels kind of weak for their 15th level ability. Um, that's a that's it's, theoretically a lot. I mean, I guess, time. but that's. But it's only once per long rest. It's once per long rest. Uh, and if by they, 15th level, you're going to have like 80 health anyway. 90, yeah. 100. No, like and 130. Over, over 100. It, it takes 10 minutes for them to do this. I would have put this like lower down the field, maybe like swap this with medical resolve or like yeah. or even put it like earlier. Um it that does it just it feels a little weak for a fifteenth level feature to me. Yeah. Don't like worry, it, they like, scale in other ways, so Yeah, yeah. Like by fifteenth level they already have a lot of good and yeah. they get a lot of stuff at fifteenth level just true. Like the the ability to stun someone for one minute. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so, and you can do that multiple times per fight. Like yeah. theoretically, you can just stun everyone. Uh yeah, fifty level stun. You Eight, can stun so... two people in one turn with uh your action. Oh fuck surge. yeah! Because they get not even action surge, like just oh just multiple fighting. attacks. Yeah. Right. You can stun like, like. A lot. Like fifth level, you have like what three attacks? Fifteenth, so you can stun six people. Okay, wait. Okay, no, they can only, they can only uh, paralyze one person because it's it's once per turn when you hit with an attack. For certain. Oh, okay. 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 So the, I I I'm glad they worded it that way because that's fucking broken. If they could yeah. do it, if they're multi attack like every attack, they can do that. That's what you do um, with Battle Master. Oh god! Yeah, I think so far this person has worded this fairly well. Like it seems really well balanced to me. Yeah, I would need to like play test it before I actually like. Okay, say it's great. 18th level. Yeah, so the capstone feature 18th level is called Relentless Doctor. Uh, You have reached the epitome of surgeons. You gain expertise in medicine. Additionally, you have. When you have extended all of your surgical die, you may still hinder your enemies and heal your allies. Roll 1d6 and use that in place of your surgical die. When you heal a creature using a healer's kit and you have no surgical die, you may also use 1d6 in place of your surgical die. The creature cannot be healed this way again until it has completed a short or long rest. 
So that, that's pretty good. That's got to make it like infinite um, surgical dies, but at the same time making the extra ones weaker than the D12. So that's like an 18 to build. Okay. Level 18 has to be something strong like that. So that sounds pretty good to me. That's not sick, yeah. Yeah. Overall, I, I think, think I think um, overall, I think this is pretty good. Your player would have fun with it. This is a homebrew for sure. This is a homebrew for sure. No booze here. Yeah. It definitely it definitely caters to scaling and also um, yeah. low magic campaigns. But other than that, yeah. I mean, I think it's great. It's not like, like broken to the point where you can't play it. And yeah. it's not, and it's like underpowered in the way where it's like a good option in some mm -hmm. situations. If you have a cleric in the party, though, it's useless, kind of. Yeah. Like it's, there's better subclasses for a fighter to take if yeah. there's an even actual a, healer even or something. A even a paladin who has lay on hands, right? Yeah, almost. Kind of yeah. just, just gets rid of your whole healing people with your surgical die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so. It, but it, this would definitely be great in a low fantasy campaign. Yes. This is, this is Florence Nightingale from FGM, is what this yes. is. Yes. 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 I know. I have played FGO. The <laughs> hit game, Fake Grand Order. <laughs> Download now from the Apple Store and Google they Play. They sponsor Store. us. No, they don't. They, yeah, yeah, oh, you said know? please. Oh, yeah. I said please. No one, please. No one from Apple listens. We're relevant. <laughs> Are we? <laughs> okay, okay. Alrighty. All right. Well, that's all we have time for here. Goblin uh, approved. This, <laughs> this has been Goblins of Guidance. Join us next week. David, what's our joke? And what do you call a goblin brigand? <laughs> <laughs>